Hi, it's Len Testa from the Unofficial Guide's Disney Dish with Jim Hill. This is our first episode for July, and it's Jim and me continuing our talk about stories for the upcoming 2016 edition of the Unofficial Guide to Walt Disney World. This time, we're talking about Disney's Hollywood Studios, what's left of it anyway, and Animal Kingdom. Later this month, Jim and I are going to resume our walk through Disneyland's history, this time covering the period 1970 to 1975. It was, as Alanis Morissette would say, a very tumultuous time in our nation's life. Well, she'd say that if she wasn't Canadian, but but anyway, we'll be back with more of those episodes in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, if you just can't get enough of me and Jim, Jim and me, he and I, head on over to DisneyDish.BandCamp.com. We've got a silly little video we put together there, plus bonus new episodes covering all of the toys, games, and clothes you're going to see Disney put out for the Christmas shopping season in a few months. We've got a sneak peek at that, thanks to Disney, a couple of weeks ago, and we did an hour-long live show after playing with the toys. This really is the best job ever. And thanks very much for listening. Welcome back to another edition of the Unofficial Guide to Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Today we're going to continue our series with Jim, where we go through the 2016 Unofficial Guide, and we listen to Jim and I come up with anecdotes for the book. As you guys know, uh, as we said on the previous show, Jim and I go through the book every year, and we try and add little nuggets, little tidbits of things that Disney might build or is uh, is considering building uh, for upcoming rides, attractions, and shows in the parks. And we put that in the unofficial guide. We'll also try and explain some of their thinking around things that they are building uh, in the park already. So it's uh, stuff that might happen and stuff that's definitely happening with some reasoning behind it. In order to do this, we need to welcome back to the show Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? No, not bad yourself, Lynn. Not bad at all. It's a, uh, it's a bright and sunny afternoon here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Our uh, sunflowers and our corn are growing well. Ah, okay. Well, it's it's a relatively overcast day here in New Hampshire, and our cats are busy vomiting. So, you know, so just... Same. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. <laughs> cool. All right, so we left off... Uh, we last, last episode, we did Magic Human uh, and Epcot. Today, let's do the Animal Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios. Mm-hmm. So as we go through as we go through the Animal Kingdom here, obviously the mm-hmm. big thing coming up is um, is the uh, the Pandora Land is the Avatar Land um, yep. for that. But uh, but there might be other stuff I guess going on besides that. Rivers of Light, things like that. Why don't we uh, Why don't we start at the Oasis mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll go through the Animal Kingdom. Is there anything going on with the Oasis? No, that's as of right now the Oasis remains. You know, the equivalent of, you know, the train station at uh, the Magic Kingdom. The notion here is this sort of sets the stage, you know, gives you the tone of the park ahead. Um, I know that there have been, in fact, I was talking with some curators the last time I was visiting the park. And I guess there's some talk about swapping out one or two of the animals, mostly because I guess, you know, the thing with the giant anteater they have there is that, you know, this animals made no bones about the fact that I don't particularly care for people, and I'll be hanging to the back of the exhibit. Um, and, and, you know, they need a more uh, a more sociable creature. That's it exactly. Yeah. And you know, just the, the real concern, obviously, coming up is that uh, with you know, uh, you know, uh, Avatar: The Land of Pandora coming and Rivers of Light. They're going to see a serious uptick in the number of people coming into the park. And it's just sort of like you only get that one chance to make a first impression. And it's just sort of the notion of, you know, an antisocial anteater is just not what you're looking for. So it's like, can we get something down here 
that really does sort of set the stage. That really does, you know, you know, animal that will hang to the front of the exhibit. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the stuff that they've done uh, in the Oasis has really paid off. I mean, if you you sometime when you come through the gate there, Len, look up and see how truly tall the bamboo has gotten down in oh that. Oh my front. god, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is an, inv- an invasive species, so it's yeah. supposed to do that. But yeah, it's amazing. No, that's. I mean, from a horticulture point of view, they they you know, and if you know, just remembering what that park was like in '98. Um, I mean, it, it's it's grown out beautifully, but at the same time, it's just sort of like um, the oasis in a lot of ways still confuses people. It's just sort of like this is the these are the first animals they get to see, yeah. And it's just sort of like, well, I don't see any animals, and it's you know, and and Rody was all about. You know, well, this is the part of the park where we teach people to, to be patient and, you know, to look carefully. And, you know, face it, the ops people are like, you know, look, can you get back here to Harambe? Because I got empty tour vehicles. Yeah. You exactly. know, well, so it's just, it, it's, you know, there seems to be, you know, the war continues. And, it, and it's certainly not going to change once Avatar opens. You know, people are going to come into that park and want to get to the new thing as quickly as possible. So yeah, there's not going to um, be a, not going to be time for the uh, reluctant anteater. Mm-hmm. No, that that's point. it exactly. That's so. a shame. Mm-hmm. All right, so nothing new in um, nothing new in uh, the Oasis. No, no. And mind you, if we we move forward to the sort of around Discovery Island, in fact, when you and I uh, were visiting the park most recently, they they were actually testing their new uh, the new parrot encounter thing that they were doing. The, right. Uh, and this has turned out to be. You know, in a weird sort of way, very dynamic. You know, just the whole notion of moving these very colorful birds down to the front of the park and then having them do flyovers over the crowd. It's it's added a kinetic to, uh, you know, a part of the park that, I mean, don't get me wrong, was pretty. And, in fact, you know, the, the very fact that Disney's created this new uh, sort of photo op area, you know, sort of extending the roots of the uh, the tree of life, uh, you know, with what is it? They have that crocodile there now and an elephant and that sort of thing. But it was all created uh, to sort of funnel people and create a, you know, turn the tree into a legitimate backdrop. But I, I think what's great about it is to make sure that people stay focused on this area. They're, they're doing, I want to say, five and six uh, parrot shows a day out a day. there. Yeah, this is the macaw yeah. encounter. The Macaw Encounter, that's right. Okay, so so, uh, so it's been a success. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're very pleased with with what it's done, and and more to the point, it's it's doing in a weird sort of way. This is what uh, it's the show, Flights of Wonder, right? Yeah, Flights uh, of Wonder is the show in Asia. Okay, um, in a weird sort of way, because of what the way they set up Flights of Wonder, where they put the shade structure. Uh, over a, a lot of the audience and then built up the walls. A lot of people walk by that show and don't get, you know, the, the, how much fun it is that when the birds fly over the audience. Um, right. in a, in a weird sort of way, what they've done with the macaw encounter is that, you know, the thing that powers flights of, of wonder when you, you've seen the show, they're doing right out in the open. And then, you know, people are finally getting the inter- animal interaction that they want with this park. Huh. That might be worth writing up. Okay, cool. One down. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Um, 
So, uh, let's see. So, the Oasis. What about, uh, Wilderness Explorers is actually something that you see as soon as you come over the bridge from the Oasis into Discovery Island. And wow, has that been a success. Um, I, at the Thea event I attended, um, back in April, they actually did a full-blown presentation on this. And this, this was something that was totally grown in-house by Imagineering. Uh, it's, you know, in, in a strange sort of way, when you look at it, it's like, this really can't possibly work. I mean, it, it's, you know, it gets tied to the Up movie. You know, it, it should revolve around the, you know, Doug the Dog and Russell and, and Mr. Fredrickson character. And, and don't get me wrong, you actually, they, they do allow you in the park to, in fact, buy the Tree of Life, as I recall. There's a photo op with, with Russell and Doug. There's also but, a uh, thing that'll, uh, that'll make you uh, change your voice into Doug's voice. Oh, no. So it's a human-to-dog translator. <laughs> See, that, that, I missed that the last time I was in the park. It's kind of neat. You know, you sneak and, into you this know, machine, and, uh, and Dog comes out, and it tells you what, it, uh, what you mean. You know, and, and, and Dog was my minor in college. Oh, 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 <laughs> man. A minor in dog literature. Oh. <laughs> see, spot run. I, I didn't even see that twist coming. Um, so they, uh, so they, so they like it. So Disney. Disney oh, God. Yeah. That, they, 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 they're now, I want to say upwards of 30 stations within the park. Yeah. It's a ton of uh, all of these, these cast members that are dedicated to this program. And, and again, in sort of a weird bend on the, uh, I mean, this actually grew out of the fact, uh, grew out of the success of Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. And every, you know, that's the interesting thing is every one of the Disney parks in Orlando wants a Sorcerers, wants one of these attractions that's not an attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know, think about it. Uh, you've got the, the Phineas and Ferb thing uh, over at Epcot. And he's a World Showcase Adventure, right? But the what's fascinating about this one is that the kids... Uh, because that there's an actual sticker, there's a badge. Yeah. Um, what they're finding is, you know, that, that it's, it's not so much the folks who are doing, you know, that they're every three and a half year trip to Orlando. They're actually discovering a lot of locals. And in fact, what's intriguing is it's not just kids. Oh, I that play when I'm there. What the, what the, what the heck? Yeah. Well, it, it, but that's the interesting thing that it, it's actually, de- you know, it's not dumbed down information. These yeah. are, these are, you know, you know, legitimate, uh, you know, bits of information about various animals or, or enclosures or that sort of thing. You come, come away with a really, uh, you know, enhanced experience and, and they're thrilled with the, you know, the way it, it it's working. In fact, that they're, going forward trying to find out you know but the question is how many more of these can you, you create how many more of these stops along the way of animal kingdom yeah um they've got 30 i mean they could do they could easily do 10 more yeah and and but that then it gets um i mean it's like right now if you look what's going on with harambe um going to face it the the expansion of the retail and the food opportunities there mm-hmm. kind of key off of the fact that you know, we're expecting larger crowds, uh, you know, for Pandora. Uh, and, you know, the, the folks that are waiting to get into the area. In fact, that's the other thing that, there's, you know, uh, <laughs> right now that, that there's a concern about, you know, how many people can we let into Pan- Pandora, you know, the land of Avatar at any one time. So it's like, 
can we make Harambe our holding area? And if we do that, we need food, we need retail, we need – in fact, I mean, there's a whole chessboard maneuver that was done here. I mean, there's a, one of the reasons why Lion King was moved uh, – the, the, the Lion King celebration was moved – or excuse me, the legend the Lion King show yeah. was, was moved to where it was moved. Uh, same thing – I, ironically, um, with uh, Rivers of Light, you know, the whole notion of where are we holding these people? Where are we feeding these people? Because, uh, you know, if you've got 5,000 people per show being loaded into this arena, or, you know, or this carved hillside, uh, you know, down around the, uh, you know, the, the Discovery Island, you got to have some place to hold them, to feed them. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Rivers Light. Well, let's talk about it now. So it, uh, it actually extends from around the Theater in the Wild, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nemo Show Theater. Yep. All and the way around to the front of Everest. Yeah, and this is where this is going to get a little difficult. Um, you know how when, for example, when Disneyland now is doing its Disneyland Forever show, mm-hmm. um they have to shut the Matterhorn down. Uh, oh, you know, right, yeah. You know, because that that's actually a projection surface, and, you know, the noise, uh, you know, would impact the show. Um, they're talking about doing this with Everest. and Closing down Everest? Well, you know, at least for the, the 20 to 30 minutes each show, each the show is being presented. And then the question is, can we actually hold people in line or do we an hour out from each show? Um, you know, do we allow, you know, we just shut the line and explain, I'm sorry that, you know, the line will be reopening after, you know, the first show. You oh, know, cause you don't want, I get it. Cause there, so the seating sits is right in front of the big drop exactly. for Everest and you don't want exactly. your, your, your tender moment of, uh, of animal uh, encounter to be, to be disrupted by, ah! Pretty much, pretty much. So, right, so I mean, there's a great story. Let's 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 write about that. You know, what do you do with you know because it backs up to Everest, yeah. And you've got all these people that are you know coming down the hill screaming. What do you do mm-hmm. with Rivers of Light? Yeah, there's going to be a real learning curve going into 2016. Is they, you know, that in fact, from my understanding, is they've got a full uh, three months of test and adjust time set around set aside uh, prior to the. Uh, Supposedly, this stuff all goes live uh, in early April with the notion of being able to tie in with the, the park's opening date of the Earth Day, the 22nd. Um, of 2017? Um, well, no. Oh, Rivers of Light. Rivers of Light will open earlier. Uh, in fact, especially since uh, Avatar is now running eight months behind schedule, they, you know, they, they're really going to front load um Rivers Light as quickly as they can, uh, partially because, again, they want to get used to how do you operate this park after dark? You know, that, oh, so it's not going to open this year, Rivers of Light? Well, no, no, no. Uh, Rivers of Light, it's, they, there was some talk initially of this being able to open by fall of um, 2015. Uh, that seems now to have slid uh, partially because again, there are, there are some concerns about this performance space. In fact, with, without naming names, this is kind of the B team that is doing, uh, Rivers of Light, the, the, the A team for Disney spectaculars, 
actually opted out of this. They, they were shown the venue. They were shown the, uh, you know, what was going on, you know, where this could be presented. And it was just like, I don't think we can do a show here. And so it's, it's a, it's a different team than, than has previously worked on, uh, spectaculars. And, uh, that coupled with the fact that, that this is, uh, you know, that this is a sit down version of Phantasmic. And it's one thing, um, you know, and, and face it, they've, they've done the outdoor arena thing. Uh, at the studios, but, uh, it, you know, uh, but they have a place where they can hold people, you know, right now they don't, uh, at animal kingdom and, you know, and it's all of the money's being poured into the actual show. And it, it's, you know how, for example, when Disney will build a new attraction, it'll open initially without shade structures. You know, that the whole notion is that right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, we'll, that's we'll a, see. We'll see. Get, we'll get that in year two. We'll get that in year three. Yeah. Uh, and and mostly that's because the folks who were creating the entertainment, they're just focused on creating the entertainment. They just they want to create a show that's compelling that people enjoy. And then after that, you, you've handed it off to ops, and it's ops that has to figure out. Okay, so while we have five thousand people seated, where are the five thousand people for the next show standing? You know, and how are we handing out fast passes and that sort of thing? Right. Uh, so, you know, right now it, it's there's a genuine tension at Animal Kingdom for a lot of reasons, and and it, they mostly track back to the fact that um, this is a park that for a, how many years now has closed at five and six o'clock in the afternoon? Yeah, I mean, for years. Yeah, and now this is a park that is looking to bump its operating out hours out at least to nine o'clock at night every night. Uh, and, you know, they're hoping that, you know, provided that Rivers of Light is, you know, a, a must-see show. And, of course, the fact that, you know, they're counting on people who go to see uh, Avatar Land of Pandora, that, that they want to go back at least, uh, going to see it during the day and then go back at night to see all of the amazing bioluminescence. So, you, in, in turn, you're getting two visits, you know, to the same land. Uh, you know, it just... There's a real learning curve coming as to, to this park is going to start to operate in an entirely different manner. And, you know, it, and that coupled with the fact that you still have your, your giant animal driven attractions back to the very back of the park. Uh, you know, you still have to get people back there and then be able to, you know, and they're still seriously pursuing the idea of the nighttime safaris. Really? And yeah, and you know, as as the curators back there keep telling them, it's like, look, we've trained all of these animals, you know, that that it's time to go back to the barn. And so if if we're going to have, you know, a selection of animals or a decent enough selection of animals out on the safaris, you know, at night so people will feel like they're getting a value, it's like, you know, we have to really you know, up our inventory because, you know, it's not like we can persuade the the elephants like, look, you're going to stay out there an extra five hours and we're going to undo years and years of training to get you to stay out there because they want to go back to the paddock. They want to eat. They, you know, they, they, they've been outdoors all day. 
Um, it's this is this is a big deal with with Animal Kingdom. The change that's that's going on right now between what the staff has to learn about how to operate the park uh, and you know the, the, just what we were talking about with the animals, and at the same time. The hard reality here is you open the doors and the public comes in and they tell you how you, you yeah, how you're in the park. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, based on where they wander to and what they, you know, so far it, it seems to be working. I mean, we've only, we're only in the earliest days of Harambe being open with, with the new expansion points and that sort of thing. And people seem to be enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and more to the point, it is close enough. Uh, in fact, that's the thing I think that, that people don't understand about that. Um, you know, that the trail, that, that trail that's so special to, to you and Laurel. The, uh, the Discovery Island trail behind, uh, yeah, behind right. the Tree of Life, yeah. Okay. Think of that now as where you're going to put 5,000 people who are waiting to go into that show. No, it's going to ruin it. <laughs> I mean, the, the, it's quiet. It's, it allows you to contemplate a little bit about being in the middle of the park and surrounded by all of this nature. And, you know, now you're going to have, uh, uh, you know, but think uh, about families it. from it... Tuscaloosa complaining about the lack of uh, air conditioning. Well, but it's a trail that's next to the main drag. Yeah, I know. I get it. You know, you can hold people there and people can still move, be moving back and forth in the park and you're not blocking things. I mean, this is uh, that's what I'm saying. You're going to see. Some huge fundamental changes, um, but but in theory it pays off. I mean, this this is you know Disney has always wanted this park to be a full day park, and you know just and with, with a particularly strong nighttime component, and it just never worked out. And so, you know, this is a lot of money. This is you know depending on who you talk to, it's at least two hundred million dollars for the work that's being done along the waterfront, uh, and and such. And the between the media that's being created and performers and costumes and floating set pieces and all that for the Rivers of Light show, mm. and God help us, um, you know that that you know every time I talk with somebody about Avatar, you know they they just you know between the cost overruns and the sheer size of what they're trying to do, uh, it's you know this is six to eight hundred million dollars. Uh, and, really, that know, much money, six to eight hundred million dollars. Well, again, it's you know that this isn't um, this isn't this you know this isn't New Fantasyland. You 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 know, for example, you know you have your soaring over Pandora attraction with the four different theaters. Uh, likewise, you have your boat ride. But again, this is this is a boat ride unlike anything Disney's ever done before. This is the picture of the Blue Bayou at Disneyland, only with 200-foot-tall ceilings. You know, and, you know, you're looking off into the jungle and realizing that there is something 10 or 15 feet away from you in the brush that is stalking you. You know, that the really? between... Yeah, I mean, this is... They're not kidding around. This is This is going to be storytelling... On an epic grand scale, coupled with the floating mountains outside, you know that 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 Zolt, the gentleman who who did all of the work on on Cars Land, on on you know the wonderful mountains, you know, uh, uh, you know Radiator Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, uh, they want you to be so wowed that you want to come back at night. You know, that's like wow, I got to see what this is like at night. 
and um and, and at the same time they they want you to you know be so wowed by the um you know that you uh, rivers of light that you're going to evangelize about it which means that people are going to think wow you know I better be in that park you know at you know five six seven o'clock at night so I better get a Disney dinner reservation at Yak and Yeti and I mean all of the stuff that that sort of ripples out from decisions like this ah. Uh. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a game changer, but at the same time, it is, it's a problematic game changer because nobody can quite predict at this point what's going to happen that, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, that, that's, and in a way it's, it's, it's lucky that it looks like Rivers of Light is going to be the first thing out the door as opposed to the original plan, which was the two of them were going to, uh, you know, uh, Gavatar and Rivers were going to open simultaneously. Yeah. Um, but but at least then you you could you know in one fell swoop you could go okay we we close at six o'clock at night to now we close at ten. Uh, That's not going to be too bad. No, but this this allows them to sort of slide into that 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 get you used to. Uh, but the weird thing is that it, again, think about it. It's going to be this this amazing. You know, six to nine months, probably at this point, that the uh, Rivers of Light is going to be up and running by itself. And so, you know, everyone will go into the park and hang the right, you know, whether it's to get the the fast passes or, you know, or, or, you know, think about it. Everybody's already booked their fast pass plus or my Disney experience for the park. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, (laughs) heading into 2017. Now suddenly everyone has left because they're, they're going to be going to, to Avatar and yeah. you know kind of that stuff. Um, it's going to be interesting, you know. It, it, you got to feel for the poor cast members who are, are going to be dealing with all of these changes. But um, on the other hand, I, I know they're going to be thrilled with the amount of money that the company is in fact pouring into the park. Yeah, that, that's good. So. You mentioned the uh, the Kilimanjaro safaris. What about the what are they doing for the nighttime uh, thing? Is there any uh, any news about that? The well, nighttime safari. They have been experimenting with um, uh, lighting packages. And, you know, in fact, I think a, what a lot of people forget is in 98, uh, particularly holiday period 98 going into early 99, they did, in fact, experiment uh, with the nighttime safari because, you know, this was the first year the park was open and, you know, that, that they had huge crowds and people wanted to see the animals. So they, they, they put... Literally, you know, just sort of, you know, uh, you, you've seen the Disney marathon events, that sort of thing. You know, the, those yeah, horrible... the giant Klieg lightings, yeah. And, you know, surprise, surprise, the animals didn't want to hang out next to the big blaring lights. So it was one Shock, of these things. So you had these people who were, you know, anybody who, who took the, the safari tour during that period will tell you that. You'd come around a corner and you have this bright light, which would totally destroy your night vision. So you're you're peering off into the darkness, hoping to see something, and you see nothing. You know, but meanwhile your your, your cast member is valiantly narrating. It's like, oh no, big red is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trust me, right over there, and oh, little red. And so, um, they're experimenting with with some new style right lighting that much more recessed, coupled with the fact that. Um, they're going to try a nighttime enrichment program where basically, you know, that the, the, the weird thing of it is, is that 
between the the end of the daytime safari and the nighttime safari, you're going to have a whole group of cast members run out onto the savanna and refill all of the enrichment points. So whether it's food or, uh, you know, browse or whatever it is that, that will get the animals that much closer to the vehicles. So around dusk, this is going to happen. Yeah. And then, you know, the nighttime safari will begin. And, you know, this, this new set of animals that they've, pers- you know, changed their behaviors will be set loose and, you know, just, you're just sitting down, for, you know, as close as possible to the, where the vehicles come by. And now the now much more discreet lighting package, uh, which will supposedly make it that much easier on the animals and the people in the troop carriers to actually see what's going on. Um, and, and, you know, and what's kind of intriguing is that they have spent so much time training animals who naturally came out at night, uh, to, to come out during the day. It's in a weird sort of way. This is, you know, <laughs> you know, that natural behavior we've been, you know, undermining for years. Hey, go back to that. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to get, it's going to get interesting. I, you know, um, I, I, and again, I, I had uh, a cousin who worked for years at Disney, uh, as a, in, in their large animal collections. They, they, they he rode herd on the, rode herd on, uh, well, all right, the wrong, bad choice of words, but, um, the rhinos, hippos, uh, elephants. And, and it, that's the thing with, with these animals is just sort of like, uh, I mean, hippos are, are nocturnal, you know, that, that's, you know, it, it took years and years of training to get these hippos to come out, you know, during the day. You know, the, anybody who, you know, will talk about, in fact, that's, it, you know, in Africa, people, you know, you don't want to be out at night down by the river because that's when the hippos come out to graze. Oh, really? Yeah. And in fact, that that's, you know, the, they are among the scariest, most dangerous animals because, you know, you, you, you know, you startle one of them, and they'll they'll come at you. So, um, yeah, this this is this is going to get challenging. Um, but but they they really feel like um, on the heels of uh, you know people who will have the nine o'clock a showing of rivers of light will be looking for something to do, and it's like, well, let's do the nighttime safari. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's it's just. I, I'm just going to be fascinated five years from now to see, you know, when when this all sort of shakes out and they get a sense how to operate this park, how late they're actually going to be able to run. Um, you know, that that's in fact, I know uh, there has been some pushback already from the curators who are doing the Asia, uh, you know, the 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 Maharaja the, Jungle Trek. Yeah, um, because of the way the show is positioned, uh, it, it looks like most of the noise bleed is going to be in that direction. Uh, from Rivers of Light. Yeah. That makes and, sense. It's right there. Yeah. And so it's just the notion of, okay, so, uh, there's actually been some talk of about three to six months before the show opens up, uh, that they're going to be allowed to run the soundtrack. At night, uh, just to get the animals used to it. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want it to happen on day one, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it, it just, it, it's going to be weird that, that, you know, if, if the third shift folks in there 
are going to get this bizarre preview where they get to hear the show over and over and over again before it even rehearses. Just so, you know, by the time it actually begins running, the animals will just, okay, that's that thing I've heard dozens of times and I don't need to react to it. Um, oh, interesting. But yeah, so, so maybe, maybe we could throw something in there about that, that, that the, the animals get to, to do the preview of the show before there's a show. I think that'll be good. Uh, let's, okay. uh, let's do that, yeah. Okay. And, and likewise, you know, it might be worth, um, you know, noting the, the trying to, you know, undoing the, um, you know, again, all, all of this learned behavior about, you know, nocturnal animals like the hippos and that sort of thing. Cool. Let's, um, okay. let's, that'd be great. Let's do that. Um, okay. let's see, hold on one second. I'm actually taking down a note there on that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything uh, going on for, um, Conservation Station? Oh, boy. Um, you know, Conservation Station has been on and off the table as a quick fix. I mean, face it, it's, it, it, it's this giant piece of real estate in the middle of the park uh, that's married to this train that really has never been embraced by the public. I mean, people will get on it and just sort of like, what are we doing? You know, and it's like, well, behind you are buildings that you can't see because you're facing this way. Uh, and then you, you get there and it's sort of like a, a petting zoo married to a, hey, look, they're putting a, a probe, you know, <laughs> to, you know, down an animal's throat. You know, it just, it's one of these things where on paper it's supposed to be very interesting to the public. And that the, the hard reality of it is if you're taking a backstage tour, if you're, you know, one of the, the folks who, I, I know that there was an iteration of Wild Africa Trek that they took you through there. But really? But most, no, I missed that one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, mostly there's a behind-the-scenes tour now where they'll take you to the barns and they'll take you in. And um, This is, you know, for those folks who have bought this tour, this is fascinating. But for the other 80, 90, 95% of the, the paying guests, it's just sort of like, you know, okay, if you have little kids who want to pet goats, this is a good thing. Let's get back on the train and get back to the park. Um, so, you know, they, they're, they're definitely eyeballing it for the post, uh, rivers of light, uh, you know, Pandora thing. Cause again, just the notion is we have this piece of real estate that people can only get to from the train, uh, that really isn't entertaining, you know, 90 plus percent of our guests. You know, we could do better with this. And, um, you know, but at the same time, it's just the notion of what do we put in here? You know, that, that, you know, what do we, you know, and there's this, where this gets interesting is Disney has a movie coming out in March called Zootopia. Uh, I saw this little one with, um, what's his name? Uh, did, uh, you're thinking, what's his name? Uh, Bateman. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm thinking of what? Uh, ben Stiller. Yes, it's uh, he's a model. Uh, uh, no, no, you're thinking Zoolander. This is Zootopia. That seriously? Oh, I, yeah, I get them too mixed up so much. Okay. Um, no, that th- this is coming out in March, and it's actually a a you know a weird sort of film noir. The gimmick is you know how Disney periodically in the past has done movies where. They're, 
they were talking animals. You know, for, for example, something like uh, Robin Hood. You know, you have a cast of all these different animals. Well, this time around, it's it's an urban setting. You know, the the, the notion is that you have this this giant city where all the animals live, and you know, you you have you know, for example. The nightclub district is actually down in the 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 cool part of town is is literally where the polar bears hang out, and you know you have um and basically the, this murder that uh, Jason Bateman's character who plays a fox has been charged with, and so uh, he ends up uh, the person who's trying to solve the case is a rabbit who's voiced by. Uh, Jennifer Goodwin, who uh, you probably know plays Snow White in um, the uh, Once Upon a Time television series on ABC. Uh, and there's a lot of folks that who work at Animal Kingdom right now. It's like, oh, you know, just again, like we, I think we were talking about this the other day with, um, you know, with Inside Out, you know, people burning candles and making offerings like, please let this be a hit. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, at Animal Kingdom, this is the one they are just, oh, please let this hit because it's like it's an entire animal cast. And uh, you, if, that's, if that succeeds, yeah, I get it. You know, you could take, you know, you could suddenly because, again, it's 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 a 1940s film noir and they ride the tr- subway train and they have cars and it's like. You take this African train and you retool it, and it suddenly, you know, follow us to Zootopia, and you now have ah, your, if they can do that, yeah, yeah, you have your kid play area. So, um, yeah, they 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 are hoping against hope that this is a big hit, uh, and will then give them the opportunity to you know to bring these characters into the parks and and more to the point, create environments that you know little kids would get excited about going to because uh, that, that's the the other thing frankly that animal kingdom really doesn't have a lot of little kid appeal especially now that you, you've pretty much cleared away uh you know that the camp mini mickey um and in fact especially think about it if you you know one of the things about that trail uh you know uh that you and laurel and laurel uh, you and Laurel like so much is he used to have character encounters on it. Yeah. If you are now setting aside that area to be your hold area for rivers of light, um, where are the characters? Where are you going to put them? Ah, that's super interesting. So there, you're right. There is a lot of, uh, sort of, um, uh, it's not like dominoes falling, but there's a lot of chest moves. No, that's that it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just that, but again, you know, that there have been, um, there have been successes, you know, that, that again, we, we just between the Macaw encounter, you know, how, how people are really enjoying that, uh, coupled with the, uh, the wilderness explorers, which just like we were talking about, with, with, uh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, you have, you know, between all the people who are surrounding these 30 different stations, you've created an attraction's worth of people. Maybe not you know, a Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, number of people out of line, but, you know, something along the line of a Dumbo, you know, where you, what, Dumbo's like, what is it, four or 500 people an hour? Or? It used to be 700. Now it's uh, it's closer to around 1,300, 1,400. So you get the idea. that, yeah. that And and more to the point, people are, are walking out of the park with their booklets with individual stickers in it. And like I said, there are locals who are coming back two and three times because they want all of the stickers. Yeah. You know, and, they, you know, they're determined to fill their books. So, um, 
I, I guess it, it, it. Long story short, in in regard to Animal Kingdom, it's like, you know, it's a work in progress, folks, and it's a weird thing to say with a, you know, uh, how old is this park? Ninety eight, you know, that's yeah, it's coming up on uh, twenty years. Twenty years, uh, but that you know, it that it's suddenly getting a new lease on life and sort of changing its identity and changing how it operates. Uh, it, it's going to be, it, it's not going to, I won't lie to you, I don't think it's going to be an easy transition. But on the other side of this, um, you know, between Rivers of Light, uh, you know, the, 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 the Avatar stuff, and, and again, the potential of what Zootopia brings to the table, going to be, you know, a, a much more entertaining, uh, you know, and, and more day, a full day park, which, you know, as we turn and begin talking about Hollywood Studios, it's the exact same problem. Uh, so let's uh, let's move over to the studios. It, it, yep. it, talking about parks in transition. Yep. Jeez. Uh, so, so the, the last couple of years, I've seen a number of attractions close at the park. Mm-hmm. It yep. has not got the uh, the maintenance that uh, that it possibly needs there. And really, we're all we're all waiting on on Star Wars. You know, that's that's the the big thing, right? That's the the thing that is supposed to deliver this park the way that advertised, but you you say that now that it's uh, uh, there's been a hiccup even in that road. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked a little bit about this the with our other podcast, but long story short, the original pitch for Star Wars Land for the studios um, finally got showed to the board. And this, is the pitch that, uh, this is the pitch that Walt Disney Imagineering was making to the board of directors. Because, again, they were looking for a half billion dollars to build this thing. Right. Uh, and the problem was it was just kind of more of the same. It was just the sort of stuff that Disney had done before. And, you know, whether it was the Redwood surrounding the, the Ewok Village or... Which is what they have right now at Star Tours. You know, and, and Tatooine being sort of all this sandstone and rock work. And, and again, Which is what Tatooine is now already at the studios. Yeah. Okay. And it's just the whole notion of, you know, for a half billion dollars, I want, wow, I want, you yeah. know, and, um, and meanwhile, you know, the, the interesting thing is that, you know, that's, if you've been paying attention to the moves that have been, have been made recently, you know, for example, um, the uh, for the first time in forever sing along celebration moving from I want to say it's the premier theater is is that what the yeah the, the one in the back okay uh, that got moved uh, or is in the process of being moved the, to yeah, the yeah. yeah to the old American Idol theater uh, and. Does it bother you at all that there has been, you know, we haven't heard anything about the Osborne lights for this year? You know, I, I heard it was going to happen, mm-hmm. um, but that was uh, that was last year. Yeah. And, and given the fact that they don't know what they're doing for Star Wars Land, I think that's the, the reprieve that, uh, that Osborne yeah. got. Yeah, but that where this gets interesting is that if you factor in that, they had to get out of the premier theater. In fact, what's fascinating to me is I'm sure you've heard about the plans that have been filed for the um, the piece of turf that's right next to Rock and Roller Coaster. Where they, I mean, they literally refer to this project as the Flex Theater. Yes. Uh, you know, they're putting a new temporary, you know, and it gets, don't get me wrong, it's not a temporary theater, but the, the notion of a Flex Theater is that it allows you, the, the very term Flex 
means what it means. It, it, this is a theater that it can accommodate all manner of things. If yeah. you're going to put a new stage show in there, it works for that. If you're going to do an award sh- you know, show, also works there. If you do a corporate presentation, you know, th- this is a building built, you know, a theater deliberately built to be able to take on lots of different things. So I heard it might uh, might be used for things like uh, cheerleading competitions and other special events. Yeah. So when you hear something like that and it's just sort of like, okay, but wasn't that why we were saving Indy? Um, yeah, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, just, the, the, what it just got strange because, I mean, if you think about it, they deliberately pulled down the, the sorcerer's hat to the front of the park and did all of this work, uh, you know, because the concern was that the hat was going to intrude on the sight lines of the Star Wars stuff that was going to be built around Echo Lake. And, you know, and that went straight through. And, you know, they, they got TCM on board to do uh, the the retheming, basically, of the signage and a lot of the narration. And, yeah. you know, those folks who have seen the redo, I mean, it, it's nice to see newer films in the montage at the end. Yeah. But but in the end, they really didn't make any changes. I mean, this was, uh, you know, the, 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 the story I shared with you folks last year and the year before that is true, that... There is a plan at at some point to do something significant with the Chinese theater. But right now, it's like, this still works. This still eats a lot of people. And there's so much other stuff we need to do in this park. Um, so, you know, that's been pushed so far down on the punch list now. that, uh, And more to the point, because Star Wars is now in, you know, it... it you know, they are so into the redo of the redo at this point. There's a genuine fear that in August uh, for the D23 Expo, and in fact, let me stress here that the plan for the D23 Expo of the three days, there's going to be a Toy Story Day, there's going to be a Theme Parks Day, and then there's going to be a Star Wars Day. An entire day. An entire day at the, the event where it's nothing but... Star Wars panels and stressing what the company and and it's like okay, you know we know Star Wars Rebel the animated series is a hit and everyone's really excited about the Force Awakens and there's this the standalone movies like uh gonna Rogue One coming but it's like everyone's focused on the parks like what are you gonna do and the pressure right now in Imagineering is well what are we gonna do yeah you know we we need to be able because the last time we were at D twenty three. You know, we, 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 you know, did the, the bait and switch. We had all of these boxes that were supposedly loaded with things we were going to do, you know, for, um, for Star Wars Land at the Parks. And it's yeah. like, shouldn't, it's been two years. Shouldn't we have unpacked those boxes? <laughs> it's the worst moving company in the world. Yeah. So it's just, I, and I guess that's what's kind of intriguing to me about Disney's Hollywood studios is when you, you look at the changes that they have in fact made, make, you know, for example, it's like, okay, you lose the gift shop and turn it into a Starbucks. Cause that's what people want in this park. Uh, but you do something like get rid of uh, the legend of Jack Sparrow. Let's be honest. Wasn't a great attraction. It was an interesting idea. I give them credit for trying. Yeah. And, but you know, just, just the notion of to shut it down, Especially with Pirates Five filming now, that yeah. that, um, but it just it, it was just like this is not a success. Get it off the table, 
And you now have this park that, you know, how many attractions are there actually in that park now? Five, six? Let's see. So you've got, uh, Tower, you've got the Beauty and the Beast, Tower of Terror, right. Rock and Roller Coaster, <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantasmic. Right. Uh, Great Movie Ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney Junior Live on Stage, Magic of Disney Animation, Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Uh, let's be honest, the magic of Disney animation isn't all that magical. Yeah, and Voyage, <laughs> of, Voyage of the Middle Little Mermaid hasn't been updated in 20 years. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney One Man's Dream, Toy Story Mania. Yep. Um, Muppets, Star Wars, Lights, Motor, Action. Mm-hmm. And in the... It's, it's, you know, there was so much that's there... That's it, 14? That had, yeah. Or I'm missing and, something. You know, um, oh, if you count the um, count the uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids movies at Adventure, fifteen. Yeah. But you know, um, and no, you, you're in this very weird spot right now where you have this park that that hasn't updated. What is it? Let's be honest here. Two, it's over three quarters of the shows haven't changed in ten years. Well, let's see. So, Beauty and the Beast hasn't changed in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Indie hasn't changed in forever. Yeah. Uh, Let's Move Direction hasn't changed. Well, they've added the uh, they added the Cars characters, but not me. Uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid. Um, Nothing hasn't yeah. changed. Mm-hmm. Disney Junior's cha- changed some characters, but the basic premise is the same. So. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I can't think of. You know that there hasn't been a. Oh my God! You know we have to go to that park. I mean, again, right now. The one time they see significant bumps in attendance, and this is the irony, is Star Wars weekends. Yeah. And, you know, that, that this is when they do the epic crowds and, you know, uh, and, you know, that they used to have something similar in the fall with, with Super Soap Weekend, but of course, ABC, with the exception of General Hospital, is basically out of the soap business at this point. Yeah. Um, this is a park of, of the four parks in Florida right now. This is the one that's hurting the most, and, and 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 it gets it's just so ironic that everyone agreed and you know this is where the money was going to go for uh, Star Wars and and to just have the first pass of it just be so unimpressive yeah and and, and just understand that like guys we were counting on this being the thing that got people to come through the door and meanwhile on the other side of the park you have the Pixar Place expansion. Which, again, and I don't mean to be mean here, but a lot of this stuff is basically pieces that either worked at uh, Cars Land or Bugs Land in in California or worked at Hong Kong. I mean, there isn't a lot new coming there. I mean, it'd be new for Florida. But, you know, face it, you know, you're not going to buy a plane ticket to go to Orlando because, oh, wow, I get to go on the spinner ride. Yeah, and and meanwhile, yes, there is an indoor version of Cars Land, uh, the Radiator Springs Racers coming. Uh, that will be paired with uh, the um, what is it, Flo's V8 Cafe, to give it a, a restaurant component. And uh, what is it, the Mater's Junkyard Jamboree? Uh, you know, those those three are a lock, but their act. But the problem is, they're the final phase of Pix, Pixar Land after uh, Star Wars Land. Yeah, and well, but that's that's where it gets interesting, Len, because Star Wars Land is now running behind schedule. There is they've actually been having meetings about like, look, we have to do something, and 
you know, that we missed our window to start in January to begin this construction. Because if, if they had started then, uh, 15 months out, they would have been, you know, the spring of two, uh, 2016, there would have been at least the, um, what is it, the Mos Eisley Cantina ready uh-huh. to open. And, you know, that that was going to be the, the sort of the first, you know, look at what we can do. And, oh, my God, look at the detailing and and. You know, and then the land would begin to march in that direction. But because now it looks like, you know, we're talking about pushing off construction to January 2016. Uh, this now becomes, all right, so all of this stuff begins to go live in 2017, which is when we're starting to roll out Avatar. And do we really want people measuring our Star Wars stuff against our Avatar stuff? Uh, because we spent, you know, you know, we spent, you know, better part of a billion dollars doing the stuff with with James, and you know, to to just have like, and you know, it's like, hey, you can fly over Pandora, or you can go to the studio and drink blue milk, you know, yeah. it's just that's that's not a good, um, it's not a good way to start off. And so right now the thinking is, all right, what if we what if we rotate? What if we start doing the Pixar stuff? Because that's clearly aimed at more family. Uh, and, you know, and we let Avatar open and have its time in the spotlight. And we, we put the Pixar stuff in and then we bring in the Star Wars stuff. You know, then we'll we'll be, you know, Force Awakens will be out there and everyone see what, what Disney can do for uh, with the Star Wars characters. And then Rogue One will be out there and, you know, people can see that, you know, we can do stuff that's outside of the trilogy storyline, that we can bring these exciting characters to the table. Um, I, I guess my concern is when the fan community finds out, especially after all of this tease, <laughs> what it's actually, well, we got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it's like come back in five years. It's just sort of like, um, and 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 meanwhile, again, you know, that, that's that that other theme park down the street that's bringing a new attraction to the table every year. Every, every year, um, this is this is not a good place to be, you know. Um, so I, I anticipate um, going into the expo. Uh, in August that, you know, that that's the thing we're going to see. We're, we're going to see this wonderful model and concept art of all the Pixar stuff that's coming to the studios. The in fact, Pixar that, stuff that's coming to the studios. The Pixar stuff that, um, and then that the Star Wars stuff, you'll get, uh, some pretty vague concepts, you know, some maybe, you know, sort of the classic Disney, from 5,000 feet up with some sort of a balloon between you and the actual art. Uh, <laughs> lots of clouds, maybe a Death Star, you know, just sort of like, you know, if you could get, just move that giant planet out of the way, I can see what this is. Um, but, but that's the thing that they just, they don't want to disappoint. And the first pass, just everybody in the building was like, that's it. Ah, man. Uh, so, but, but what are you going to do? I mean, it just, you know, to face it, they, this is Disney and, you know, this is Disney that did Star Tours back in 1987 yeah. that wowed everybody. I and mean, we, we, we had the update, what was it? 2011, 2013? It's 2012, I think. I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, you know, for, for Adventure Continues. 
and people are just going to expect this to be over the moon. Well, and I mean, because they've 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 got uh, Diagon Alley to compete with, and I mean, you saw Diagon Alley an eighteen percent increase in crowds at, at Universal Studios, and and we've talked about this before. Universal screwed up the opening of it by not telling people when it was going to open. They could and, have had they could have easily had, and correct me if I'm wrong here. They could have easily had instead of eighteen percent a twenty five percent increase in crowds had they not opened in mid July. Had they opened, you know, June first. And and you did see the announcement last week about what they're doing to Hollywood and bringing to Florida. Oh yeah, I mean the the well we're yeah the the stuff that they're doing in Universal Studios Hollywood is just crazy. Yeah, a forbidden journey in in Hollywood. It, it, it's going to be 3D. I mean, you're actually going to be issued a pair of, well, they're calling them Quidditch goggles. And you now go through, you know, the, the forbidden journey only in 3D. And uh, that's supposedly coming to Florida as well. So the, the whole notion of, you, okay, you've experienced this right. Oh, you haven't experienced this right in 3D. 3D. Come back. Right. Uh, so I don't know. It's a lot of the issues here. And I know we talked about this in the previous, you know, the the, the previous Disney Dish thing that we uh, for the 2016 guide. Um, this is a mature resort. That is how Disney views Walt Disney World, and so you make different decisions when you view yourself as a. I mean, face it, you know, the Magic Kingdom is the most popular theme park in the United States. The most popular theme park in the world. There you go. So you, 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 you make decisions differently understanding that. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the constant question of, well, why don't we get Haunted Mansion Holiday here? And it's like, well, you don't get Haunted Mansion Holiday because we can't shut this down for the six weeks to, to reprop this. You know, yeah, 50, 53,000 people a day. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so, so it's what, yeah. 350,000 people a week, a million people, a million and a quarter people a, a month. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like it, yeah. the math just goes against it. And so, you know, but at the same time, the concern is that because um, because they, they've been kind of neglecting Epcot and the, the uh, Animal Kingdom and the studios, they haven't been able to, to pull their weight. They haven't been able to be the draws that they should be, which is why you're seeing this spectacular amount of money that's being spent on the upgrades in Animal Kingdom. And and trust me, I, I know it sounds frustrating to see sound how confused and hesitant they seem about the studios, but they Disney really, th- that was the thing. They wanted, they were willing to put up a half a billion dollars for yeah. a new Star Wars land. And that, and that's actually that's actually the good point, that the, the board is willing to come up with a, a billion uh, dollars if it's the right idea. And to yeah. their credit, they said it's not uh, it's not good enough. I you know that's that's kind of what you want to hear from a board of directors. No, absolutely. And and let's remember that the other thing that's lying here in the bushes here is that Disney is quite serious about rebranding that park. You know that that supposedly that was the what was going to come on the heels of Pixar the expansion of Pixar Place in Star Wars Land was the brand new branding or rebranding of Disney Hollywood Studios, which I. Yeah, in fact, I guess the last I heard, the Disney's Hollywood Adventure has been testing poorly, so that they're looking, you know, that they they're actually looking at some sort of variation, and you know, trying to figure out how to say 
Disney, Lucas, Pixar, all in one sentence without it sounding like supercalifragilistic, you know. <laughs> Disney, Lucas, Pixar, party. you got to come here, spend money, you know. Um, <laughs> so Disney, Lucas, t- Pixar land, you know, it just, it's something, some sort of name that sells that concept. That, that Disney's Pixar, Disney's star Pixar land wars land. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it just it and and that coupled with the fact that you just I mean, think about it. You've pulled the hat out. You spend a lot of money to do re-signage and, and make the the Chinese theater look better than it has in years. You've spent big dough on your Starbucks thing, which enhances all of Hollywood Boulevard. So, you know, that has to be a component as well. It's It's like, how do you sell classic old Hollywood with brand new Pixar and Star Wars land? Yeah. And it's it's you know I I wish I could say that they they had a, a a handle on it but they don't seem to and of course the irony is if if you look at what's going on down at downtown Disney with the transformation of Disney Springs um that project is actually going like gangbusters right now uh, yeah speaking of a thing in transition yeah yeah and you know and that identity uh you know it's it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, when they finally turn the key out on this and it's, you know, it's 90% done. I mean, right now, I think people are just getting wind of the notion that, you know, that, that the star of the show from this point forward, because of all the bridges and the water taxis and, you know, the, 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 the cars at the boathouse and that sort of, it's, it's Lake Buena Vista. You know, yep. you, you, you're focusing now. What used to be kind of the back of the house is now the front of the house. Yep. No, I'm actually um, I'm staying at uh, when I'm, I'm going down to World in a couple of weeks. I'm staying at uh, um, Saratoga Springs specifically because of its easy access. Well, there you go. To Disney Springs. It's gonna it's gonna revitalize. I think that resort. You know, especially if if people are like, well, you know, we we can Saratoga Springs itself doesn't have very it doesn't have a whole lot of great dining, but mm-hmm. I how you know we can walk we can take a boat across the lake or whatever, and we've got 160. Restaurants and retail shops there. So, well, speaking of which, though, um, I, I I am assuming you saw the NBA announcement. Yeah, that's interesting. the uh, The rumor is that something that big uh, only fits in Disney Quest. Yeah, uh, and think? well, I mean, you know, you and I both know, Glenn, that that you know, back in two thousand eight, there was a plan on the table that that was going to become an ESPN grill. You know that yeah. that. This was, you know, again, it was only, you know, the, the financial correction that happened that fall. You know, the stock market fell apart and, you know, everyone got terrified that 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 table, you know, that that totally got tabled. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Disney Quest right now, you know, let's be blunt here. It's an orphan. You know, they, they you know, when was the last time anything new was created for Disney Quest? You know, that was uh, Frogger, uh, 1980. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it was uh, I want to say it was Pirates, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates Gold, which was like 2002. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. You know, and so um, and, and just when you look at the components, when they talk about it, it has a restaurant inside of it and it has. Yeah. You know, all, the, all the stuff that uh, all of the stuff that uh, that NBA experience uh, says they're going to bring. You know, and I just got right. So I, I mean, I, I, I hate to, to, to be the bearer of bad news here, but if you really, if you're a gamer and you like Disney Quest, 
this the next six months might be a very good time to get in there. Uh, you know, that's and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people at Disney who will be sad to see this go because that Disney Quest in a weird sort of way was such a lifesaver on rainy days when they had giant school groups. Oh and, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and and but but the argument in in house is like, look. This NBA thing will be the exact same thing. You know, we'll, uh, we'll be able to, we'll you know, particularly during the day, uh, you know, I'll be able to run kids in there. The thing well, is, it uh, Disney Quest appeals to both boys and girls, and I'm not entirely sure that the NBA experience does the same thing for girls. I, 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 I that's a valid point, Lynn. You know, yeah. um, but but on the other hand, uh, you know, just you know, the other. The other hard reality is that you can walk into a Disney Quest uh, or to the only Disney Quest uh, at seven or eight o'clock at night, and this it, honestly, it's doing a third, maybe a fourth of the business it was intended to. Is it really? If that, um, you know, a lot of people just go because it's included as part of their all-encompassing Disney thing, and they'll walk in. Oh yeah. But, Check it out and then continue, you know, around. And we're moving. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just, um, but again, that's the sort of decision you make when you have a mature resort. You know, it's just sort of the notion of, okay, uh, you know, we're doing all of this work in the central part of the, um, downtown Disney. Mm -hmm. And what are we doing to freshen up the West Side? And it's like, well, you know, the, the NBA wants to come in. That that re-energizes this side of the house, and you know, you know, will it be that much easier to sell tickets to Lanuba? You know, on the back of that, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of surprised that Lanuba still exists. Well, you know, um, you and I both know that there were cert those surveys out there. I want to say five years ago now. Where they were, you know, would you come to see a Disney theme show in this theater? Would you come to see a Marvel theme show in this theater? And yet clearly whoever, you know, wrote the survey <laughs> didn't know about them, the Marvel licensing agreement with, with, uh, Universal. Yeah, but, oopsie. But they were looking. They were, were looking and, um, but evidently that the response was tepid enough. It's like, well, look, you know, we can still sell Lanuba. Let's keep going. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, I, I have to admit, I, I guess I'll be surprised in five years time if Lanuba is still there. Yeah, um, but at the same time, it's like, what show do you put in there? That's a good point. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they do. Yeah. But, but again, I, you know, I just, I, I guess the thing to stress here is that, that, um, I know for a lot of Disney fans who want to hear specifics about, you know, e-ticket attractions and cutting-edge stuff and that sort of thing. Um, look, if you, you look cold-bloodedly at the amount of money that they're spending on building Avatar, at the amount of money they're about to spend on the studio, at the amount of money that they just spent on New Fantasyland and the upgrades of the hub, uh, coupled with Downtown Disney Springs, I mean, there's easily three to four billion dollars that the company has reinvested in Walt Disney World just in the last five to seven years. Wow. Um, but, you know, but for the Disney fans, it's like, where's my e-ticket? Yeah. And and it's like, well, <laughs> you're, right. you're shopping by it. Yeah, no, that's it exactly. That, that's, you know, the whole notion of, 
you know, they want you, uh, you know, on one of your nights at a, at a, a part of your Disney vacation to be yeah. at Disney Springs and to be wowed by this new set of shops and restaurants and dining experiences and entertainment. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it, on the other side of this, will you know, I, I know there's, there's a couple of things that they really hope will wow people with Star Wars lands, but, Again, you got to get the board to agree to pay for it, and you know. Yeah. So you know, because again, that that's, I, I had a friend who actually rode the Star Speeder attraction that they did in the cave, and he said it was the most amazing experience. I mean, you are on the Star Speeder, you you know, you you get the speeder bike, and you are going through that uh, redwood forest, and you are being chased by stormtroopers and branches are almost in your face and the wind and you get the pine scent and said it was amazing. Um, but you know, again, you have to want to build it, you know? Um, and you know, right now, you know, Disney wants, you know, at least the board of directors want, you know, when I give you half a billion dollars, I want, I want to see, I, you know, again, there's no other way to put it. I want a Harry Potter bump. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, and, you know, um, and I, I guess, again, as you said, that, that's, that the fact that the board is, is being that careful about it, I guess, is, is to be applauded. But um, still, we're all so, impatient. I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah, all right. Well, anyway, that, that, that kind of brings us to where we are. That, that's, you know, um, <laughs> you know it, it, it's kind of the theme park equivalent of, you know, <laughs> your flight's been delayed, Len. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You're sitting in Chicago, and it's like, well, do I get a magazine? Do I get a soda? How long am I going to be here? You know, and we can only hope, you know, at least when it comes to Star Wars land, that, you know, they, they, they get their act together, they pitch something to the board that they love, and that they're able, they have enough to show us come August at the D23 Expo that people will get excited. But I just, I fear that, you know, we're going to see an amazing Pixar Place presentation and like, oh, look, more boxes. So. <laughs> So. It's uh, these things take time. The uh, the Death Star wasn't built in, in uh, overnight, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin Smith. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, um. all right, cool. I'll uh, I'll send you the uh, copy of these notes. Um, okay. Cool. All right. You've been uh, listening to the unofficial guide at Disney Dish podcast with Jim Hill. Please go on to iTunes and Stitcher and rate our show and tell us what you would like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.